0: Welcome to Dark Docs Digest Episode 9 with your host Christian Coffin. Today is December 23rd, 2018. We would like to share a prayer with all of you who risk it all to seek and share truth for the betterment of humanity. This broadcast is brought to you in part by EternalAffairsMedia.com. Welcome to Dark Docs Digest Episode 9. This is the second installation of our interview with uh, the lovely Miss Frost. Uh, We've been chatting it up off the air, and uh, I guess we're going to pick it up where we left off. There's a lot to talk about, so I think I'll let you go ahead and dive in. What do you want to tackle first?
1: (laughs) Well, um, as I was just saying, um, you know, I felt a little discombobulated with everything that's going on Twitter right now. Um, I was just messaging a friend of mine from Boston um, who is uh, what they call a pedo hunter and she was sharing some screenshots that Craig Sawyer had uh, tweeted uh, in regards to some people that I follow um, and vice versa on Twitter. And it's not like I know them um, that well. I just met them like a few days ago. And uh, yeah, there's just a lot of drama going on right now, and it's really confusing. It has everybody confused. And uh, as I was um, saying to my friend that the other day, um, I called out Craig Sawyer and Fiona Barnett on Twitter because I'm just sick and tired of them. You know, more so Craig Sawyer, uh, you know, pulling me into all this drama that's going on between them where Craig is saying Fiona, you know, is a fake and a liar. And then she's saying all this other stuff about, you know, Craig not being legit and all this other stuff. And I'm just, you know, like I just got pulled into it. And Craig tweeted to me that, you know, I shouldn't believe Fiona and she's evil and she's fake and she's this and she's that. And then I got unfollowed by Fiona Barnett and Sarah Ruth Ashcraft. And, you know, it's just caused a lot of unnecessary drama. And, And I did say to both of them, I said, you both have an ego and, you know, you guys just need to cut it out because it's just really, really, you know, not helping our cause whatsoever. You know, it's one thing that they have a beef or whatever, you know, between the two of them, but to like drag me into it. Uh, or other people, and then try to have people take sides. And, I, you know, I told both of them, I tweeted it to everybody. I said, I don't play that. You know, I do not want to get involved. And don't, please don't drag me into, you know, all this stuff with you guys because it has nothing to do with me. And it's not like I know either one of them personally. I've never met them. I've known a Fiona Barnett, you know, for the last couple of years or so. And Craig Sawyer, you know, he's been on Alex Jones' Infowars and all that, but you know, I really don't know him. That you know, and and he's been tweeting to me, and he sent me a couple of private messages, you know, dissing Fiona, and and then he asked me for help on uh, his Netflix documentary Contraland, saying that he could not find any credible witnesses to interview um, for the you know SRA. And he said that basically. Right, and for those of I you that are new
0: to all of this, SRA is an abbreviation for Satanic Ritual Abuse.
1: Yes, yes, and and you know. I'd even, like I, to point funny, out. I've
0: been I've been researching this stuff for uh, close to a decade now, and when people started saying SRA to me, I'm like, what's that? I had to look it up, you know, because I just I'm just used to calling it. Occult ritual abuse, or just ritual abuse, or satanic ritual. I just never thought to abbreviate it. Um. So you know, just so everyone's clear when we talk about SRA's, that's the satanic ritual abuse. Um. But yeah, I mean, the it, the game is divide and conquer with the occult nihilists. You know, some people think that some of them are Luciferian. Some of them, some people. Uh, I personally believe a lot of them are just nihilists. When to watch the world burn? They use any religion or any you know rituals or anything more for. Uh, blackmail in order to get people in their pocket and use them uh, as pawns for whatever they're doing, discredit them. And, then if, uh, you know, if they're not playing by the rules, they'll expose them and things like that. Yeah. Um, and it looks like we have enough, we have, do we do have a caller. Um, interesting. <laughs> We've never had a caller before. Um, And oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've never even given up the number I think it actually gives it out on the front And uh, you want to take a call? Sure kind of Alright It's going to be crazy. Welcome short. to Dark Docs Digest, okay. you are on the air Anybody there? Oh yeah, still calling to listen Oh hey uh, to no, listen. That, that, Yeah, no This is uh, yes, a I'll Coffin's call to Dark Okay. Oh, you're calling. The list. Do I press one? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You can just listen on, on on the Blog Talk Radio. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, welcome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the 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 point here is that I mean I've been involved in all kinds of uh, activist groups. I mean from Food Not Bombs in the 90s, to We Are a Change, the 9-11 Truth Movement, and and all these things, uh, to the Tea Party when it started in South Florida. And uh, it's the same thing over and over again. Once you have an organization, once you have people doing uh, something to expose corruption, you will start to see that um, you're going to start getting oddballs showing up to your meetups and trolling all of your <laughs> social media stuff. I mean, this is before social media we were doing this stuff. This was back before yeah. MySpace, a lot of this stuff, where we were on, you know, Craigslist or meetup.com uh, when that first came out and and, you know, and trying to get these organizations going and things like that. And you'll start getting random people showing up and being like, yeah, that's cool. So uh, you guys want to bum cop cars? You know, like, what? <laughs> and it, 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 it's the same kind of stuff going on again and again. And now here we are. Uh, in 2018, trying to expose SRA, ritual abuse, and it's it, it's all coming out. I mean, if, if you can look in the mainstream media now, and they're talking about the Clinton investigations, Pizzagate might not be fake news after all articles are coming out from mainstream uh, media sources because those Podesta emails have been around forever. The Pizzagate four-part documentary series has you know, been out for a couple of years now. Dark Docs has had it on there for over a year for free downloads. And it's credible. You look it up, you look at the WikiLeaks, you look at all this stuff. And you know, it goes way back before that, the Franklin cover up with Paul Benassi I was telling you about. And yeah. uh, we we made our comic book about it, about how he was taken to Town, Nebraska to, uh, to Las Vegas Where they picked up Hunter S. Thompson And he filmed snuff films With David Rockefeller and Henry Kissinger At the Bohemian Grove Where they cut off the testicles of a child And sacrificed it on an altar And there was a goat's head And blood coming down the walls The guy has multiple personalities Can speak uh, and write in Latin Backwards in some of these uh, Personalities And some people believe it's a demonic possession I'm a little skeptical of that But I mean there there is uh, a lot of hard evidence of like back in '88 when he was 13, there was no way he could have had a testimony uh, given to John DeCamp, his lawyer, uh, you know, a very reputable Republican uh, in the Nebraska Legislature, uh, who was uh, you know, the one exposing the Franklin scandal, wrote the Franklin cover-up. There was no way he could take him to the gates of the Bohemian Grove before Google Maps ever existed. He could describe how to get there from the Sacramento Airport all the way to the gates of those winding roads that we drove over in uh, this past July, and we're going to drive over again uh, Gen- uh, July 14th for the Cremation of Care at the Bohemian Grove. They have it uh, midsummer which is usually July 14th, whatever the Saturday is, and uh, mm-hmm. re- resistthegrove.com, uh, which helped us put together our uh, Sacred Owls. They are here to, to save the world DVD, which has all kinds of footage. that They've been out there every year since uh, before 2012. And uh, back then there was huge protests. Mark Dice and all of them were, were out there protesting uh, these criminal pedophile occult scumbags that are involved in human trafficking. And, And it's all coming out now. So you're going to see more and more of these people coming out with outrageous claims to discredit it. They're going to tie it to the Flat Earth Movement. They're going to tie it to anything. <laughs> oh it's a disc- they're, they're going to say Bigfoot is involved in human trafficking and uh, the oh, Loch Ness wow. Monster is involved. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's, what you're, that, that's the kind of shit. It's going to be like weekly world news because they do that to discredit you. They did it to the 9-11 Truth Movement, and they're definitely doing it to uh, the SRA Movement. And uh, I thank you for your courage, you know, stepping forward. And I really hope we can get you to come out to the Bohemian Grove. We're yeah. going to have a huge festival this year and we're going to have speakers and bands and all kinds of stuff
1: well what I was going to say about where you just where you're talking about the SRA and like I don't I personally do not like to call it SRA I just call it ritualistic abuse and it's this might take a little bit of a different direction but I don't know if I mentioned to you that most all of my friends and ex-boyfriends are dead I don't know if I mentioned that to you
0: no, um, I'm I'm sorry for all your
1: losses. Yeah, yeah. Um and this is this is really messed up, but when you know, I grew up on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. When I was going when I was in high school, I graduated in nineteen eighty eight. So I was, you know, in high school between eighty four and eighty eight. And while I was on the Cape, um I met two actors' sons that both lived on the Cape. One went to D.Y. Dennis Yarmouth High School. That was Nicholas Curtis, Tony Curtis's son, and Jamie Lee Curtis's half-brother, you know, actress Jamie Got Lee it. Curtis. yes. And I was also friends with uh, John, actor John Savage's son, Lachlan Youngs, and he went to Cape Cod Academy. So it was kind of a little weird, you know, for, for me to be, you know, the daughter of Robert Dunham, who's not even as famous as Tony Curtis, and also Anthony Perkins from Psycho. He used to live in Wellfleet. He actually got married at my church, and my dad used to be a deacon there, which is a little weird. And my dad used to have these meetings with Anthony Perkins at Hammett Harbor in Truro And my dad was a harbor master after he retired from the movie business. He was a harbor master uh, in Truro, and my grandfather had owned a boat marina, so my dad knew like everything about boats. And Anthony Perkins used to come and drive a purple Cadillac, and I even got to meet him once. But Nicholas Curtis died in P-Town of of supposedly a seizure after uh, taking a heroin called Ready to Die. It was labeled Ready to Die and he OD'd, and Nicholas was a friend of mine. I mean, actually, we were at one point going to be dating (laughs) at one point. We were like sort of had crushes on each other in high school, and he was a year younger than me. And after he died of an overdose, um, my other friend, Joshua Rain, R-A-I-N-E, Laven, L-A-V-E-N, was charged with his murder, or, like, man, you know, manslaughter. I think it was, like, second-degree manslaughter. Well, guess what? Josh Laven was murdered uh, in Santa Cruz, California, on Highway 1, and I helped with the investigation. And that was after I told Ben Curtis, who is Nicholas, Curtis's brother, his younger brother, Tony Curtis's other son, that Josh Lavin and this ex-boyfriend of mine had stolen Nick Curtis's black book. And Nick Curtis hung out in Hollywood, and Josh Lavin was originally from Hollywood. And they were both Jewish. And Josh Lavin's father was a Jewish jeweler in Los Angeles, and he was murdered in the 70s. At, of, uh, it was like a, a a robbery, like a jewelry store heist or something, and he got murdered. He got, I think, he got shot and he was killed. And then Josh was killed on Highway One back in May. I think it was 2011. And then a year after, no, actually a year before, um, my ex-boyfriend was murdered, which was his best friend, and they were all friends. So now they're all dead. And now my our, another friend that we all we all used to hang out, they're all dead. Every single one of them are dead. And you know, it it it's kind of made me a little nervous. And then, you know, I've been called a black widow. Like, what are you doing to these guys sure. that you're hanging out with? Why yeah. are they all dead? You know, um, and I kind of which is a very insensitive to thing lifestyle. to say to you, by the
0: way. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. damn rude. <laughs> so I yeah, would never... I
1: mean, geez, yeah. Are you hanging I mean, out with? Like, well, why is it that everyone you're with is dead now? And even like one of my children's dad's dead, and I just talked it up to the lifestyle, you know. I mean, I was a neo-Nazi sh- skinhead back in the day. Uh, really? I, you know, I hung out with a lot of, yeah. I didn't tell you that? <laughs> I even have a no. like, a tattoo on my arm <laughs> that I had to get yeah. removed. I did that when I was, like, 15. Yeah, and then oh, man. the leader That's of going to be a whole other episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the leader of the, our little group back in Hyannis on Main Street, is in prison for murder. Justin Ward, he mur- murdered Erica Epperson back in uh, 1994, right around the I that time that yeah. Nick Curtis, Nick Curtis uh, died. It was, like, the same month it was in the newspaper. Uh, and I was visit- happened to be on Cape Cod and visiting, like, you know, friends and stuff that summer. And I'm like, holy shit, like, Nick Curtis was dead, and now Justin is getting, you know, he's charged with, I think it was like, second-degree murder, and he's in prison for life. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So have I mean, your views changed really,
0: over the years with all of this? Like, I mean, what got you yeah. into that, like, briefly? I mean, it was uh, – I feel oh, like you're ramping up this. to some sort of, uh, <laughs> like – I mean, I'm sure that there's you know, a big I'm, story to this.
1: I ran away from home. That's how I met them. I ran away from home to escape the abuse back in, like, 1985. Right, so it's just the crowd
0: it's what was going on already kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, my mother worked at a place called Puritan Clothing, um, which is a, a really fancy clothing store on Main Street in Hyannis, and a lot of her customers were famous people, like, you know, the Kennedys and things like that. I mean, the Hyannis, you know, the Kennedy compounds, like, down the street. It's not far from where she worked, and then that's where I met all these skinheads and stuff and skaters, and you know, like punks, and things like that, and I started off, you know, being a punk, I had a mohawk, and you know, sporting back in the day, and all that, and then I just met these skinheads, and I just started hanging out with them, and then, I don't know, I just slowly, well, actually, I ended up cutting my hair, because I got bullied in school, and I had told everyone I was sexually molested, Um, and I told all my friends, and then they dumped me as a friend, and called me a liar, and so they didn't believe me. And then I chopped off all my hair and I started like, you know, rebelling and like hanging out with these skinheads and stuff and like running away from home. Uh, because to me, you know, it was that time in my life where I was just so angry at the world and like angry at my parents and angry at everybody. Like, you know, like all this shit happened to me and, you I had told, you know, people in my family, like, that were the non-offending members of the family, and they didn't believe me. They called me a liar. I got locked up in a mental institution to basically shut me up, and then they used me as a scapegoat for all these years. And then back in 2011, my Aunt Pat called me, which is my dad's older sister, to apologize to me to say that, oh, well, you know, I knew about it the whole time, and I'm sorry I didn't, like, help you out back in the day. like Seriously? Yeah, uh, and she's like, you know... I'd rather really you didn't tell old. me, right?
0: It's yeah. a lie to me at this yeah, point, I mean, you yeah. know? I'd
1: rather so not know you were far as, like, the over whole abuse, like, my parents were very involved with the church. Now, there's this church called right. the Church of the Holy Spirit in South Orleans, Massachusetts, which is on Cape Cod. And now, have you heard of the Camp Good News story with Senator Scott Brown, who was sexually molested in Massachusetts? at this Cape Cod camp called Camp Good News.
0: Um, Yeah, yeah. I I read uh, what you were talking about. I've never heard of that one before.
1: Yeah, and then when he outed his abuser, uh, the abuser killed himself, like right after, which was very, you know, weird. Mm -hmm. And I think he killed himself at Camp Good News. (laughs) Yeah. Good. That that um, is good news.
0: Very appropriate.
1: Yeah, it is good news. But Camp Good News was affiliated with my church and there was a pediatrician who was like the board of directors or something like that. She was my pediatrician and she performed abortions on me against, you know, against my my will because I was only 14 years old when it started. And she covered up a lot of stuff for the church and she knew I was being abused and I was getting pregnant. And what did she do? So she let me was, get to
0: the end, sorry to cut you off, but you, you wanted to keep the children and then like they were forcing you to, to have, uh, these abortions against you will or?
1: No, um, it wasn't that. You're just, saying just because you were
0: underage, you couldn't really consent to such a thing in the first place.
1: Yeah. Especially back, gotcha. you know, in uh, 14, I was not, it was 1984. So, when I was being abused, um, initially I was abused by my brother for four years every single day. He groomed me. He was a much older half-brother from my dad's second marriage. And then it was very strange because, now, didn't I talk to you about the guy with the no fingernails that my dad rented this house from in Truro? And the guy was a child pornographer. And we were renting a cottage in Truro right next to the Sacred Heart Cemetery off of Route 6 and this guy had a lot of porn in his house, a lot of porn. And we were having to be, you know, renting it because we just moved to Cape from, like, um, Arizona, where I was, because we went from Tokyo to LAX, and then I was in Anaheim for a short period of time, and then I was in Phoenix and Tucson, Arizona, and then from there we went to JFK in New York, and then I got to meet my aunt, And her family, because I'd never been to the States before, and I didn't even speak English at the time. And then from there, we drove to Cape Cod, and then, you know, stayed at this house, this cottage. And this guy um, was ex-Army, knew my dad from something to do with the military, and he was a college professor at Brown University. He was a very prolific writer. He's written tons of books, but a lot of people don't know who he is because He was born in, like, 1920-something, so his books were popular, like, in the 50s, and this guy was a child pornographer, and he got me involved in all this stuff, and my father and my mother were all in on it, and, you know, I mean, obviously, I can't say what they were thinking or, you know, how this all came to be or anything. I don't know any of the, the answers to those questions. My father sent my brother back to Japan because it was his second wife's kid who was also Japanese. My mom is Japanese. And as soon as he left, then both my parents started molesting me. Like, hmm. you know, it was like shortly before I was 10 years old. And my, you know, and as I said, my parents were very involved with the church. And just one day my mom was like, oh, you know, come into our room and we've got to talk to you about something. And then I go in there, and my mom is, you know, they're naked. My both my parents were naked, but you know, it was back in like seventy nine, nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty. I mean, parents back in the day used to walk around naked in front of their kids. I mean, I guess. I mean, that's what my parents
0: did. Sure. I, I mean, it, if it, it's having a not. resurgence, and I, I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a father. Oh, I have no, an eight year old. Do that. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, and uh, I, I know a lot of these kind of new agey bohemian parents are like yeah man we're new what's the big deal you know it's like we're not trying to sexualize your kids and i'm just like i mean call me a prude you know but i'd I'd rather be safe than sorry you know i walked around the house with my boxers but you know i'm not gonna walk around the house naked it's it's creepy
1: yeah and my dad was a cross-dresser but he only did it in front of me and on top of that he had a lot of porn he had this office off to this you know in the next room to the well, bedroom, I guess I know of, and you know. he had a lot of porn, tons of porn. But he also wrote for Swank, Cherry, Hustler, The Forum, Playboy, all those magazines. He wrote for them. On top of all do the you have any of those, so uh, those articles or? Um, stuff, um I've re- I've seen them when I was a kid, and he used to also write for the Saturday Evening Post. But all of it was under yeah, like Bob Dunham, not Robert Dunham. Yeah, you know, it was under yeah, Bob. Yeah, those, those
0: little editorials and penthouse and stuff from Pedos and McHugh Heffner. Very telling. Uh, it's You don't even have to read between the lines. It, things are hidden in plain sight in a lot of those editorials stuff from the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, and then he also wrote, my dad wrote, wrote three books, and I reread one of them um, like three years ago. It was called Tokyo Unzipped. You can buy it on Amazon under Bob Dunham. And I read it, and in the book, my dad says that it's okay for fathers to have sex with their daughters, like it said in the book. I was, I, I mean, I, I, I was so like disgusted that I threw up wow. and I actually tore the book apart and threw in the garbage. Like I was so like, I mean, it's one thing to
0: it, you know,
1: be abused, but then to read that he said it was okay, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it just really freaked me out. Because, you know, when you're abused and you have DID like I do, a lot of things, you know, when you're a kid, when you're abused, like, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what it is. You know, you don't know what sex is. You don't know why someone's touching you and telling you to do this, this, and this. I mean, you know, you feel like it's wrong, but you don't know, like, you feel helpless because, you know, you feel like, oh, this is what I have to do or, you know, I'm going to get in trouble or maybe someone's going to find out, and I don't want them to find out what, what happens, you know, between me and my brother or me and my father or mother even. Um, and, and you know, my dad took showers with me until I was 13 years old. He slept in my bed, like, every night, like, slept in my bed, like, why was he sleeping in my bed, you know? And I thought it was just maybe because, you know, my parents fought a lot and, like, both my parents cheated on each other, like, all the time. I mean, and they would bring, us, you know, us kids into their drama. You know, like, oh, well, your mom slept with so-and-so-and-so. And, and, oh, your dad did this, this, and this. You know, so...
0: That's so unfair. it, It
1: was very, very chaotic. I mean, it was so messed up. And, you know, my mom, when, after she divorced my dad, you know, she started, like, sleeping with all these guys. She was like having me watch her have sex with all these guys. She started like grooming me with all this like porn and like showing me like, oh, this is what a guy looks like when he's hard and this is what you do and this is how you please men and you know, she started Mm -hmm. doing that when I was nine, ten years old, you know, telling me like, Well this is how you please a man and you gotta touch your father this way and you know, and I'm and even though it happened with my brother it was a it was different. I I I don't I, I don't know because he my my brother had obviously there was something wrong with him, but there was something else wrong with him. Like he was slow. Like he had some kind of mental, you know, I don't know if it, it wasn't. like
0: oh, that, that's that, that's or a that's a like big that, thing in Nambla, the, the National Boy Love Association, and in uh, the whole Pizzagate thing. Uh, Is the hashtag #Hotard? Uh, Hotards are are children that are a little slow. They're retarded. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, it's easy pickings. They also go after the hearing impaired, uh, because mm-hmm. it's less likely that they're going to speak out because they don't have, some of them are, are mute or they don't have as much speech. Um, a lot of times they make it a point not to give them language, you know, so that they could just use their body. It's, it's disgusting. And I mean, this yeah. is not safe.